Greetings to all and welcome to another episode of AMA 2000, hosted by the one and only Ofense Khoedi. Today's topic is inspired by last week's topic, so if you haven't listened to last week's episode, please do. I don't know about you guys, but I strongly believe that AMA 2000 are looking up to a generation that didn't prioritize their own mental health, in particular the black community, where there are a lot of myths surrounding uh, mental health as well as stigmas. Um, In most cases, when one is depressed, they'll get comments such as indota aikali, meaning real men don't cry, or which means it's witchcraft. In some cases, you get labeled as an attention seeker. But I think what we fail to understand, especially in the black community, is that it's okay to not be okay. Which is why I decided to bring people who have witnessed such cases and worked with them uh, firsthand on today's episode. First up, we have Ulinda Shabalala, a very successful artist. Uh, he also went through depression in his teens. But let's hear what he has to say. Did you say that most black people don't believe that depression exists? And how did you experience this firsthand? Yeah, I can say that, you know, because of mostly um black people they they don't really read or they don't follow what is taking place in the society so it's it's, it's a problem for black people especially those who are not even intellectual hmm. are we together yeah. so um there are many issues in terms of depression because of it's one thing that exists in the brain and when black people see something that's when they start to believe but if they don't see that there is a problem they never get to believe you know it always um it, it is always something that doesn't exist in their brains and um how did you experience this firsthand you know um for me it was it was it was a different thing you know mm. um it was something that i never thought it existed in me because of i was always the spoil was always on point at school and all and on that note, can you please take us through your experience with depression and how it felt like losing your mother at such a young age? I was losing myself somehow, you know. I couldn't, I couldn't focus on my things. Um, um, even when I was around other kids, I was a smart kid at school that I can even like achieve my own goals and pass and all, but. The real problem was that with me in life, I was having problems. So I didn't want to let go of other kids at school. I always wanted to have friends around me and all, but only to, to check it is because of I was lonely. I felt very lonely and I was I was angry. That brought a lot of anger in my life, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereby I would find myself fighting for things that do not really make sense. And then you fight. 
you know, such things would, would I would pick up such problems in my life. Whereby I, I even, when I started growing up, I even went into kind of drinking. I tried drinking, but my body didn't allow me, you know. I guess I was lucky because of my body didn't allow me because mm. I would have been a drunkard or something else. But nobody if you check it, a lot of people who are like me, I'm actually better, you know. Mm. A lot of people who are like me, they lose themselves. They end up in the streets and all, you know. So I, I, I started loving my art more than anything when I felt like losing myself. I would go to a book and write, do poetry and all, you know. So. Um, through that whole experience did you at any point um think that it was all too much to bear and contemplate taking your own life or did you choose to persevere through it all you know i took it as a challenge mm. i can say that um at some point when i was uh, um after my matric special i took it as a challenge that's when i was like actually a life challenge that i am facing I need to be able to, to be responsible for myself and um, people around me and things that are happening around me, you know. Mm. And also, mm. But now I, uh, it's, it's a chance for me to kind of realize every mistake that I have made in life and, and see how I am going through that and how I'm actually going to make my future better because of, I've been this crying baby almost all my life. Um, I was always hurt. Would you encourage other teenagers to speak out and seek help when going through depression and forget about the stigma and, yeah? Yes, um, definitely. I, I would really, really, really love to see a young people talking about their stories and sharing their stories at their young ages. Mm. Because of if they don't, they will get stuck where they are for, the, for almost their whole lives. We have people who are psychologically um, psychologically damaged because of not wanting to tell their own stories or not wanting to open up or, ha or seek for help, you know. Mm. I was really brave enough to even go to um, the social workers because I went there on my own looking for counseling, thinking that I'm actually, um, I'm actually probably having like, a, I thought I might be into, into drugs or into, into drinking a lot and all and all, but... I, I, before I could even get into that point, I went forward, I started speaking. So it is very much important for young for young people to speak up about it, even if they don't go public about it, because mm -hmm. this is, is more like my first time. This is actually my first time talking public if, if mm -hmm. I am about to go public about this. But mm -hmm. this is actually my first time if I am open about it. Mm -hmm. I even... I tried writing my life story, you know. I wrote it and then I presented it and still, I was too attached to my story. Sure. And as, a, as an artist, I'm growing and my age is growing and all, you know. So I'm a growing person, I'm growing up and, and I'm looking, people are starting to recognize my face and all that. Mm -hmm. So my life has to change. I have to be a better person that, than the person I was. Because they would give me imbasa, they would give me food. I would always ask for money and all. Looking back, uh, what would you say to your... 18 year old self you know what i would say to my 18 year old self mm. i would tell my 18 year old self to always stay truthful to himself mm. and to always look forward for doing positive things than thinking of the past mm. 
it was the past that I had was really, really, really dark, sure. you know? So right now, I'm at a point where I, I want to move on, but I still look into the problems that I was having. But now, I need to kind of brush that off and talk about it, move on. And last question is, what would you say to any other depressed black teenage teenager today? To any other black teenager today, mm. I would say that they, um, you know what, my my young brother or sister, wherever you are, you should know that in life, things change. True. In life, you grow. In life, it's not stay bitter for too long. Mm. You, you, you move on. You, you step into this dark hole, and then you have a rope. It pulls you out of that dark hole. Mm. So... As, as someone who is depressed and you are still young, give yourself a chance to move on because of you are not stuck into where you are. You know, you should, you should be able to realize your opportunities as yet. A simple thing is that if you can't speak about it, write about it. If you can't even write or speak about it, dream about it, make a better way and move on. Mm. You know, just let it go. Let it go. Because whatever that has been taking place in your life, it's something that is no longer there in your life. You, what you see right now in the present time, make it look good for you. Up next, we have Miss Sbongilis Kosana, a qualified social worker. Um, she has worked with a lot of teenage depression cases. Um, let's hear what she has to say. What are some of the or which is one of the most intense teenage depression case you have had to deal with in the black community? I've dealt with a lot of cases, intense cases of depression, especially in teenagers, but I'll just focus on on the one whereby a 13-year-old boy lost uh, both biological parents at the age of eight years. Mm. Their parents were involved in a car accident so it was a foster care case. The child was placed under the foster care of the grandmother. Mm. So because the stressful or traumatic life events that we, that children experience in their childhood is one of the causes of depression in teenagers. So this boy uh, started to act up at the age of 13. Mm. But he lost the parents at the age of 8. But he started acting up at the age of 13 years. So I think that's one of the most intense cases I came across as a social worker. Sure. And uh, was the guardian of the 13-year-old supportive of the teenager when he turned 13 and started acting up? Or did they just think he wants attention or... Okay, to be honest, the parents were not fully, uh, the grandparents, like the grandmother, mm. was not fully supportive towards the boy mm. because he believed that uh, he was just being a silly, silly child. He wanted attention. Mm. So she was not fully supportive towards the boy. And do you think that um, stereotypes surrounding black life and stigmas attached to mental health care are at the root of the problem? No, they are not. Mm. 
because as the black the black community tends to overlook such issues. Mm. For example, for example, in my case, me the boy attempted to commit suicide two times, mm. and he started to have a problematic behavior at home and school. Like his behavior changed negatively because, for example, he would overreact or even on small matters, his performance dropped and he was always isolating himself from people. He was also involved in drug and alcohol. So the, grand, the, the grandmother would say, He's just silly. He just wants attention. He's not the first one to lose the the parents. Like everyone else has lost the parents, but they never behaved like him. So, hence I'm saying, the the like the the community, the black, especially the the black community, mm. does not focus on the root of the problem. They just overlook such issues. Sure. And on that note about uh, suicide, would you say that most black kids who attempt suicide do not have an actual ideation of dying, but attempt suicide with hopes that their parents will realize how they're having a difficulty? They attempt, to, they attempt suicide because I think it's their way of crying for help because mm. most of them, they come from unsupportive environment. Mm. So most of them are doing it because they want attention. They are crying for help from the community. Sure. And it is unfortunate because our black community is dominated by parents or grandparents who are not educated. Mm. They are not well informed. They are not well informed about such issues. Mm. So I think maybe if we can have more awareness programs that, that will educate them about such issues, maybe it can help because most of them are not educated. True. So they are not aware of such issues. And um, what do you think should be done by black communities um, with regards to depression and teenagers? Okay, as I've mentioned before, mm. our black community is dominated by parents uh, who are not educated or by people who are not educated. So they are not well informed about social issues. Like they, mm. they have that uh, belief that depression, suicide is the thing for white people. So I think we need to have regular awareness programs that will educate them about such issues, like the social issues, such as depression, suicide. And maybe those uh, awareness programs, they will make them aware of the resources maybe which they can use to deal with those problems, such as professional, uh, such as mental health professionals, psychologists, uh, social workers. I think maybe that can help since most of them are not educated. And I also think um, those awareness programs can be done at schools mm. as well, especially the black community schools, mm. because those kids, they come from, unsupp remember those kids are coming from unsupportive uh, environment. Mm. They are coming from 
the grandparents who are not educated, who are not aware of such issues, mm-hmm. like they are not well informed. So they are not aware of the resources. No one educates them about mm-hmm. the resources or how to deal with such issues if they come across them. So I think those awareness programs can also help. We, we, we are focusing on the black community. Mm-hmm. I would like to, to say to your community, never ignore a comment or a concern about society. Like mm-hmm. if you, for example, if someone make a comment about a suicide, like you never ignore mm-hmm. that because it might, it might be a way of uh, crying for help. Mm-hmm. since we're coming from a community that is unsupportive. So some people, they, they, they will just make a comment about suicide jokingly, mm-hmm. only to find that that person is crying for help. Mm-hmm. So we must never we must never ignore. If you see that your friend or your relative or whoever is making funny comments about suicide or funny comments about death, Mm-hmm. We, must, we, must, we must ignore that. It. It's important. Our last guest is Mrs. Surika de She is a specialized social worker with a master's degree in psychology, as well as 25 years of forensic and mental health experience in South Africa, the United Kingdom, USA, and many African countries. Oh. Before I begin, um, I would love to say that I was greatly astonished by your achievements and yet you remain humble. Can you please share with us how you are this amazing and established uh, woman, but yet graceful? Oh, that's a wonderful compliment. Um, Thank you so much. You know what? I, I actually think that humility is something that we are. The same way we can be proud, we we can be humble, but it's also a choice that we have to make every day and we we have to choose every morning when we, when we wake up and, and in every discussion we have to choose from which platform we speak. Mm. If we speak from the ego, it's easy to look down at people and say, I'm going to fix you, I'm the helper, you're the one with the problem. And, but if we speak from the wise mind or the or your spirit, then you realize that, you know, it's, it's only one bad decision or one accident or disgrace, you know, and, and, and some decisions that perhaps um, makes you the psychologist or the social worker at this point and not the client. So, um, and, and just when you think that you know everything, you will find a patient or a client or your your own personal tragedy and it will sort of cut you right down to size again. As a notable alumni yourself, do you think that the attitude towards mental health depends on the level of education, exposure and experience one has had with it? And how have you benefited from learning a lot more about mental health? I think that um, if I just randomly grab a figure, I would say 80% has to do with whether we've been exposed to it um, through friends and and family. Mm -hmm. And then the rest is probably whether we've read about it or studied it. Because Mm -hmm. 
what you find in the books and on the internet um, does not give a face to mental health. So if you've, you yourself have struggled or somebody you love have struggled, mm. then uh, you, you have a much clearer idea of, of the full impact of that. But studying it is important because it helps us recognize it. Um, I certainly, uh, as I grew up, we were still in a very toxic generation where mm. you never show your, your feelings. You, it, it's, it's a sign of weakness when you ask for help, uh, even more, more so for men than for women. And everybody bought into the stereotypes. So uh, to have gone and, and had the opportunity to learn and study this had opened my eyes, um, really opened my eyes to the names and the faces and the addresses where depression lives and where anxiety lives and um, and really how it's an equalizer because one in four people in South Africa has at some point a severe mental illness mm. and that is across the board. And with regards to depression and mental illness in the African societies, do you think that the influence of family, school and religious social context on the mental health of black adolescents has been understudied? I think so, yes. Um, I think that we understand mental health mm. and we understand the specific conditions. But what might have been understudied is the effect of years of oppression. And mm. that is even intergenerational mm. because our parents pass on trauma to us and they pass on their views to us. Mm. So there's, there are a couple of generations really that have lived in circumstances that caused so much trauma and we internalize that trauma and it eventually tells us that we are not good enough, we cannot cope, we are not uh, as good as and those sorts of things can really in the long run lead to all forms of mental illness. So whilst what happens in the brain of a depressed person is exactly the same, whether you are uh, brown, black, pink, white, yellow, Across the board, what happens in the brain is the same. And the treatment regime, once you figured it out, might be the same. I think it is understudied in terms of our black adolescents mm. because they have not, and, and black, adult, black adults, I think, mm. because I think that they've not, since some years ago, they haven't come forward. Mm. Uh, there might be some cultural reasons for that. There's also not always a buy into Western medicine, mm. although I, I see that that is changing. So I do think we can do a lot more to understand better. And when we understand better, we can help better. So would you say that black teenagers are looking up to a generation that may not have prioritized their own mental health? And how can we change that moving forward? say but I think that the generations my, my own generation and even the generation that raised me um, in in many of the cultures mm. were these people that your the way that you provide and protect for your family mm. 
almost took precedence over how you nurtured them and how you listened to them. Because, you know, uh, I don't know in, in your culture, but in my culture, children was to be seen and not heard. Mm. And so we were never taught how to speak about how we feel. And that's because our parents, people that we are looking up and the people that, that are now being looked up to, mm. they weren't raised like that. But we have this wonderful thing now that we call social media and mm. shows like yours where, where we get another perspective, where we hear people actually verbalize what they feel. And, and it's important to get a language because some of the stuff that we feel when we have mental health problems, unless somebody gives you a language to express that in, you're just going to say, I'm not feeling well. Mm. And then it's often mis misdiagnosed or ignored or not taken seriously. You're just going to say, I'm feeling low. Mm. When in fact, if somebody can give you the language to express exactly how you feel, you might be diagnosed with depression or severe anxiety or that sort of thing. So education, but for the adults, as much as for the adolescents mm. is very important. And why is it that we fail to recognize mental illness as any other illness as we would cancer or diabetes? The mind and the body and the brain, it's all connected. It's all interconnected. Mm. If you have cancer, people feel sorry for you. Mm. Uh, they will, they'll will visit, they'll pray for you, they mm. will, you'll, you'll get a counsellor, they will speak to you about loss and pain and that sort of thing. Um, but the minute you have something like depression or bipolar mood disorder or anxiety, or some personality disorder, mm. it is stigmatized. Mm. So people don't speak about it. Mm. So I, I think we recognize it once people have the, the ability to, 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 to speak about it. So once the silence is broken, mm. we will recognize that it exists. And we, we are, we've come a long way. Mm. And once we recognize that it exists, we're going to pick up that it exists across the board. Whether you are rich, poor, uh, thin, chubby, successful, whatever, mental health does not discriminate. Mm. So I, th I think that that's an important point, is that silence needs to be broken. And then we will find that the two things are interlinked. So you might feel low in mood because you lost someone or, or your girlfriend left you or you didn't make the grades that you wanted to or mom and dad is getting divorced. And then you sleep or so that you can, uh, you know, lift your mood a little bit. But then alcohol becomes eventually a crutch, eventually becomes an addiction. And that again makes you more depressed. So it goes round and round. There's no way that we can detach the body and the mind from each other. Sure. It's one unit. I definitely did learn a lot today. And before we end the call, I would love to hear your thoughts on having more teenagers studying towards becoming psychologists. Would you recommend it? And what are the few pros and cons of it? I 
encourage people to study that if that's your calling and you will know if it's your calling uh if you think i'm going to do this to make lots of money then that's probably not then you're probably not called to do it if if you know what i mean um because you are going to be exposed to a lot of trauma secondary trauma every person that comes into your office and you see eight people a day maybe um has a traumatic story to tell and you are exposed to all of that so you and that's one of the downfalls is that you know we can easily burn out if we don't practice self care if we don't have supervision and consultation with other colleagues um if we don't look after ourselves and i don't mean bubble baths and pizzas mm-hmm. i mean rest and and relaxation and um feeding the mind and feeding the spirit and and looking after your body so yes absolutely we need that and we actually need more uh, african people mm-hmm. because a lot of the tests for instance a lot of the therapies are available only in afrikaans or english mostly english mm-hmm. these days Whilst we know that if you want to express yourself about stuff that's really deep mm. then it's easier in the mother tongue so i really do want to encourage people that if you feel that you are called to walk alongside people whilst they discover new tools and you help them with that please do go and study social work or psychology mm. thank you for your time I'm very grateful for having you on the show. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Fancy. Much appreciated. That brings us to the end of today's episode. I personally feel like this was a very necessary conversation that needs to be spoken about more. And as KD Mashile once said, African parents need to wake up to the reality that the black child is dying please make sure that you join me again next week trust me when i say you do not want to miss it but until then ngini tsanza nonge